Hey, today was crazy madness. I can't even explain all of the craziness that happened today. Um, but hang in there. There is a beautiful message to be heard. And I think, you know, more than anything, the acknowledgement of the craziness, of the weird energy, and of just this place. Because the message that we're sharing, I think is super disruptive to <laughs> this energy source that's trying to kind of keep me in this old place. And so, you know, we can't be stopped. We recorded on the phone. We're recording <laughs> over cellular networks instead of Wi-Fi networks. And I can't, I, I refuse to stop. So come at me. Keep trying. I don't know. But this message has to get out there. It's going to be so healing for someone. And today I want you to start giving yourself permission to, you know, experience the world as you see it and start trusting your own intuition. Let's go. Hey, welcome to the Death of a Dream podcast. You know, this whole journey, the entirety of this work really was based on this idea that I had shown up in life feeling fine, feeling just fine about my life. And I had decided that fine wasn't good enough, that I wanted more. And more than anything, I decided that I wanted to live life on my terms for the first time ever. And season one, the very beginning of this podcast, of this daily journal podcast of what a journey out of that place looks like, season one really explores a ton of different paths to what was meant to be my destiny. And now we're moving into season two and there have been twists and turns that I could have never expected starting this a year ago. Starting to just show up and ask questions. And if you want to start all the way back in season one, you can start there. If you're starting a journey, it's a great place. There's a lot of exploratory vision work that happens. There's just a lot of movement through understanding myself better and understanding what I even wanted my terms to be. Now that we're moving into season two, this really becomes sort of the coaching portion of walking, walking that dream, taking those first steps, some of the things that might happen to you, some of the things that have happened to me as I explore and move into this new path. And so it's really just meant to walk along with you. If you ever needed someone to hold your hand, you ever needed a community to support you changing and challenging and growing, that's what we're here for. We're here five days a week to help you keep growing. That's what the Death of a Dream podcast is all about. And we're so grateful that you're here. Party people, we are coming to you from the strangest of places, really just in my very own home office. But you know, I was talking about weird energies. Well, it's
it just so happens we have said energy back and so there is no way to connect to any internet here and what I'm hoping is a town-wide phenomenon I am fearing is a household phenomenon which means we still have more healing and releasing to do energy is back it definitely knows when to make itself known um yeah so exploring that further but that means this audio may not be up to the standards that you're used to because we are just relying on good old phone phone speakers phone microphones phone audio recordings it's just it's all happening right here and it kind of reminds me of the days when I used to have crazy unstructure in my mornings and so sometimes I would just come on and podcast on my way to work and gosh that was it seems like such a long time ago but it really wasn't even all that long ago and so this is kind of a throwback to those old days when it used to just be rushed and on a phone on the way to work but really just like raw thought out thoughts so that's how we're coming to you today. I can't really come to you in any other way. This is what I will tell you is my great thing from the weekend was actually feeling like myself for the first time in a long time. Like this lightness I can't recall having. Like like just this vigor and energy for life that was that was long standing and happened naturally um as I just walked through the world and like I have always had an instance of that but it, it just felt like a a 25 percent sometimes if I was feeling really good like a 50 percent but it never felt true or real it always kind of felt like we had to engage that and we had to ask for it and this weekend, definitely Friday, I felt my own lightness and I didn't feel the heaviness of anyone else's energies, of any other thing impacting my ability to walk through this world. It felt like true arrival of self. And Saturday felt like that too, um, but definitely Friday. The most I have felt like that like it it felt like how I used to walk through the world as a, a child early on before I got impacted. And we're going to kind of dive into that impact moment today and talk through that a little bit more um, because, well, it's important, I'm just saying. So my great thing from the weekend was just feeling like me. I don't even know that I fully knew what me felt like but on Friday I had this very aware awakening moment where I was like this this is who you are this is how you move through the world this energy and lightness will attract the right people this is who you're supposed to be and I felt that I felt it speak to me I felt that energy come in um and this morning we had a market, you know, and I would say yesterday we started to build up to this place again. And so I think it's just the attachment of that negative energy and the unwillingness to let me go 
And for whatever reason, that person, that energy, whatever it is, took a break and kind of fell off and lost track of that attachment to me. And wow, it felt amazing. And I think what we don't really realize is how we can think that just the physical removal of that works. Um, but there's, there's this spiritual side, this energy side that we have to like fully remove that person and the deeper the connection, the harder it will be to remove that side. And so, you know, I'm experimenting with that. What does that look like? How do I navigate that in this new space as this new person? And how do I fully remove that? You know, acknowledging that it exists, I think, is the first step. And for a while, I really thought that it was just me that was existing like that, that was experiencing that because of my own doing and my own energies. And while that's very true, um, you know, you have to experiment and find what speaks to you, experiment and find what what that might be that's holding you back. And it could be a whole lot of different things. But I think for me, you know, this realization and this acknowledgement that it might not be me. And that was a huge turning point. And that helped me to look outward into what other things could be impacting me, could be pushing me to this place. Right? Um, So the investigation continues. That's that's the reality. That's where I'm at. But I will say Friday, this was the greatest and the lightest that I have walked in this world. I think since I was seven. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to talk through like why seven, why there, what happened? Are you serious? You haven't been yourself since you were seven. That seems pretty intense. And yeah, It is pretty intense, right? Truly, it is. Okay, so go ahead, take time for yourself, recognize yourself for your great things. Start to just recognize and recall, like, when do you feel like yourself? What does put you in that place? Is that your full self? Is that the full feeling of happiness? Are you still questioning it? Like, what's going on? I'm telling you. The moment that we start to recognize our own selves and how we're showing up, and yes, that takes time, and yes, that takes practice, and yes, more than anything, honestly, it takes a whole lot of removal of the noise, but once we start to recognize, acknowledge, walk with that person, we can start to better understand who it is we are or who it is we want to be. Right, And we really can't change who we show up as intrinsically, but we want to be the people we're called to be. So just start paying attention, right? You don't even really have to put that much work and assignment into it. Just really start paying attention to when you're feeling anxious, when you're feeling happy, when you're feeling aligned, when you're feeling nervous. All these things are just tells of what's going on. And can help you figure out where you want to go and who you're supposed to be. Okay. 
So we've been digging into and been giving permission to exploring this new side of acknowledgement where Hannah allows herself and gives herself permission to explore this kind of burnout moment. I don't know that I've always had that language around it. I think it took a whole lot of permission to allow myself to even call it that, right? That's pretty deep. Let's unpack that a little bit. So the permission really comes from like me acknowledging that I had worked myself into an oblivious state and you know, why? Why did I need to give myself permission before I allowed myself to call it that? I think this idea that, you know, in in the grand scheme of things, was I even working that hard compared to, you know, my parents? Was this hard work? Had I really worked myself into this place? Really? That's what we're going to call it? A burnout? You really don't even work that hard. And I think the permission place really comes from the removal of the heaviness of that. Like, yeah, my dad carried mail in all elements every day. Like his body physically was exhausted. His mind physically was exhausted. Like there was exhaustion, right? And my mom picked up jobs everywhere. I mean, she'd work a full-time job and then she'd come home and work a side hustle. And like, this was a constant flow. And so like, in comparison, yes, like both of them worked harder than me. And so it was definitely hard for me to even acknowledge or name a burnout that period, you know. Um, and on top of all of that, here's the reality. I only have two kids, right? Um, from a education perspective, my husband and I are both vastly more educated than my two parents. And so in, inevitably, the silver spoon has been handed to me. And yet, here I am. And so today, I think we start discussing like the permission to acknowledge that you may have burnt yourself out. And right, I'm reading the book on <laughs> written on this, the millennial burnout and what's causing that. And, you know, I think in comparison to the generation that came before us, no, it's not, it's not the same. And that generation really built us up to kind of strive for the same things that they were striving for and then find an environment where, I don't know, they kind of pulled the ladder up behind them. Gosh, that sounds really mean towards, um, some, but I think that's sort of the reality that we're living in, right? You know, this idea that you haven't earned your keep, you haven't endured the same type of abuse or, um, you know, hard knocks, hard road that I did. And so you need to stay down here. You need to just wait it out. And I, I have discussed openly that feeling of needing to wait it out, of having to just wait my turn and grow my gray hair before I could provide any worth to this world. And that's such a hard... That's such a hard place to be in. And so what got us here, right? Because it's not just 
not all of us are super millennial like myself. Um, what, what got us to this place? Well, I think it's that, right? It's that right there, what I just spoke about. We aren't giving ourselves permission to even acknowledge that we're burnt out. Because, no, we didn't have it worse than our the generation before us. And, no, we certainly didn't have it worse than the generation before that. And so then you start, right, piling on this idea of guilt in association with your need to, like, chill out. And I just saw someone post online about, like, I took four days out off and I still feel tired what's going on. And I think that's it, right? The moment that we start to acknowledge that we are burnout or that we have done too much, we've loaded on too much, then we start to experience the guilt of feeling that. And that's, I think, really where I got stuck was the, the guilt of feeling this way and the inability to permiss my own feelings of burnout. And I couldn't really understand why it happened because really I had done everything right. I had done everything that I was supposed to do. I had checked pretty much all of the boxes and there was still just this like common theme of exhaustion and misalignment with what I wanted. Well, the reality was I had never said what I wanted. And here's where that came from. You know, my parents actually probably did the best job raising me. There was so much freedom to explore, to get it wrong, to come up with. And so I think, you know, I got to just come up with what my rules were. And that was so amazing when I got into college because I already kind of knew how to manage my own life. I already knew how to set my own rules. I didn't fall crazy out of control like my other college people that I knew, right? Because I had sort of been living independently for a very long time. And my parents were busy, but also I think they were living in this reality that I'm going to have to do it myself someday. And so continuing to just hover over these children and make sure that they've done it all right and they've gotten to the practice and they've done all the things that they're supposed to do really isn't going to help them at all when they step out into this real world. And so I think really they did an amazing job. Here's where the problem comes in, right? They had made sure that I was around people, right? They made sure that I was in the right groups of people. Likely because my sisters had, my two older sisters had kind of gotten in weird groups. I don't know that I would say bad groups, but if you were like a parent who is primed for perfection, you could call those groups of kids bad groups. And so they made sure to usher me into the right groups, made sure to keep me interested in sports and doing those things and just made sure to kind of weed out any bad, in quotations, bad groups of kids that I could hang out with. And this is where that goes wrong. While my parents didn't provide any structure, definitely the parents of the kids around me did. And so I started to be sort of 
passive-aggressively passive aggressively parented by the other parents in the groups that I hung out with. And, and so that looked like me adopting kind of these fear tactics of the things they were projecting on their kids because my parents didn't give me a lot of that knowingly, right? I started to adopt it from other places. And I think a lot of us do that, right? And that wasn't just from the other parents in my group. That was also from the other acknowledgements of people around me that were telling me what life needed to look like. And I would fall back on my parents and they would just say, no, remove yourself. Like you, you can do anything that you want. But that wasn't really enough because the louder of the two, the louder and more successful of the two in my eyes were this group and, you know, the parents that came from wealth and prosperous backgrounds and the teachers and the other influences that would come along in my life. And they said that it needed to be this way. And if I didn't do those things, I would certainly fall off and become unsuccessful. And that's basically what I was told, you know, do these things, follow this outline, do this and go. And when I was refusing to do that, when I decided that I, so let's continue to explore that, you know, that expansion, that idea that this life really wasn't up to me, that followed me so closely. And if you look at all of the things that I had kind of adopted, it's so funny because that did not come anywhere from my parents. But I start to think about really where I spent my time. And that was kind of constantly being parented by someone else. Um, Not as a result of my parents not caring, really as a result of these other parents, seeing that this child has these crazy dreams, she's kind of just swimming in her own world. And I don't know how much her parents are doing. While my parents were conducting their own experiment, right, of likely having overstepped or overpressed with my two older sisters. And so they really just allowed me, whether that was intentional or not, they really allowed me to experiment and find my own rhythm, um, which served me really well in college and high school. Uh, But... It, it wouldn't be, right, it wouldn't come without a fault. And that fault really lied in me, me stumbling falsely into the ways of the world. And I think, you know, my mom just always trusted that I did my own thing. And so I wouldn't be impacted by the world <laughs> and the way that it works like other people were. Because I really always had this trusted confidence in myself and the way that I saw things. And I think she just trusted that because of that, I wouldn't be impacted. And I was, right? That's that's how my life would inevitably unfold. I would all of a sudden realize that The things that I wanted to do weren't up to me. And I realized that at seven and right at that impact point, I start to understand that you can't just 
Like you have to have certain checkboxes in order to aspire to certain things. And I couldn't just decide. And so I spent most of my time waiting for someone to tell me what I was supposed to do. Then they did. Then all of a sudden I try to make that the biggest thing that I possibly could. My parents were like, yep, we're good with that. Go ahead. You can do that. Why couldn't you? Not fully understanding what it took, what what one might have to do in order to accomplish that. And, and so then we just went. And all of a sudden when that didn't happen, I found myself looking again and not looking back at my parents because they weren't really available to me at that point. Because quite frankly... Because quite frankly, they didn't have, they didn't have any capacity for that, right? They were trying to experiment and find their own way in life right at that perfectly placed point. And so I was just falling subject to the world again and finding that I was all alone in this pursuit and then looking out to the world at what was success, what what does success look like and how should I just fall in line and do what I'm supposed to do and stop the craziness of dreaming big that's not a reality for someone with the checkboxes that I have, right? And so then I just fall nicely in line with kind of the middle-class expectations that doctrined my life, that doctrined the way that all of the people I was raised around were raised with, right? And the crazy thing is I was actually... I didn't fall subject to those same doctrines. My parents actually raised me in a way that was so freeing and so experimental. And that was such a beautiful way to be raised. But I think no matter what happens, you know, eventually you do fall subject to the world. And eventually those things do take weight. And they can either sway you into one direction or the other but it really is just how you perceive the world and take it in. And so that kind of perfectly placed me into this place in life where I wasn't really all that satisfied. Everything was fine, but it really wasn't fine at all. And so today I asked you to start giving yourself permission to just allow yourself to take that in as potentially burnout, as potentially something very traumatic kind of building up in your life. And it's okay. Like I've said before, we have to heal from these things even if we don't allow ourselves to acknowledge them as traumatic. And for me, you know, this buildup, this burnout moment, I don't think I acknowledged it as traumatic when I was going through it. But now looking back and kind of tying all those loose ends, that burnout moment was so traumatic and so life-changing and, and sad and just like hard to experience. And I read this quote today and it, it said, you know, here's the deal, right? We... Everyone talks about how hard it is to trust people after you've been hurt. But no one, or barely anyone, talks about how hard it is to trust yourself when you've had your gut instincts and convictions skillfully undermined by someone. And that's pretty much it. Even outside of this burnout moment, 
you know, I had such a beautiful intuition. My parents had really skilled and and kind of hands off guided me to that place. And then it was undermined, right? That was too freeing. That was too hippie. I was too, too, too sure of myself for my own age, for my own reality. And so while my parents wouldn't escort me nicely back, other people's parents did. And I felt that for a majority of my upbringing, for a majority of my youth. And that was hugely impactful. And it also kind of showed me that I wasn't right. Neither were my parents. And so I can't really trust how I'm being raised and the guidance that I'm being given from that side. And so then that moves into this burnout phase where it was like I was too soft. I was too caring. I was too all these things. And I was built up to not trust my own intuition, to not trust what I was feeling and what I was experiencing. Those experiences weren't true because they were weak, because they were millennial, because they were X, Y, and Z. And so I shouldn't trust nor listen to them. I should just continue to bury them like a majority of the people before me. All I needed to do was just shut up until right? I had kind of waited my time. And, you know, I, I, I had this thought this weekend. And when I left coaching, and when I left my job, there was like this, this need to just leave without explanation. And sometimes I feel like, oh my gosh, that was so terrible. And that was so disheartening. And what a terrible example to set for people who are looking at you as a role model. And, This weekend, I just thought, like, what if it was the best example that I could set? What if me doing that really showed those girls that it was okay, that you could give yourself permission to experiment, to get it wrong, to just step back for really no reason that anyone can see other than your own intuition, right? Other than just your gut. And the stepping back from the volleyball really was just my gut and my own tuition. And I had to trust that and listen, even though there were no reasons to. No real reasons. Every single person told me it was good. Every single person told me that I should be happy. Every single person really felt like this was the right path and that I should stay on it and just keep working and keep going and keep doing it. And, you know, maybe that example doesn't ring true to them right now, but maybe someday they feel what I was feeling in that moment. And maybe my moment of stepping back without explanation, just stepping back, not even being able to explain it if I had to, right? And that was the reason that I stepped back so silently. It was just my gut. And I didn't, I wasn't well versed enough in knowing how to trust that and being able to verbalize what that was for me to vocally step back. And so it was just the physical removal. And so I don't know, you know, 
someday maybe they look back and they find this and and they realize along with me realizing that it isn't it isn't that easy right especially to walk away from something you're being told you're good at you you could be successful at it isn't easy especially when you've been told your whole life that your intuition is wrong and that everybody else's is right and I was lucky enough to be raised by parents who allowed me to trust and follow my intuition I was unlucky enough to be raised in a very passive aggressive middle class network of people (laughs) who didn't have the same trust that my parents did and you know I think We're all impacted by society at large in different ways. And sometimes that can look like this greater call to success that none of us can even explain. And so today it's just about giving yourself permission to heal from those things or to step back from those things and start calling them what they are. Traumatic and hurtful and dismantling to who it is that you thought you would be. And it's okay. As always, you're smart, you're strong, you're beautiful. Thank you for sticking with me through all the madness that was today. I don't know what's going on. I'm going to try to figure that out. As always, did I already say that? Dang it, I'll say it again. You're smart, you're strong, you're beautiful. (laughs) What are you going to do? Change the world. Hey, want to check out more on the death of a dream? And on me, your host, Uh, you can head over to hannahnuss.com. That's where you'll find everything, everything that there is to know about me, the work that I do, and about where the death of a dream comes from. We have blog posts there. You can sign up for the newsletter, which is basically just a guide on how you navigate through the things that we talk about every week. So head over there. You can also find all of my beautiful guests over on my Instagram. We have YouTube. We have the book. We got all the things. If you want to connect, you have questions, you need more help than we've given you on the podcast, go ahead and head over there. I'd love to connect with you.